All corporations begin in myth. Even small ones grow stories about their misty progenitors. Uncle Morty, who began his life without two nickels to rub together, and now look, an entire chain of convenience stores running down the eastern coastline from Providence to Trenton. Ray Kroc, with a couple of bucks and a little burger stand in medieval California, slicing onions and flipping patties, and thereby somehow creating the behemoth that would one day be able to boast on every one of its thousands of pit stops that billions and billions and one day trillions had been served. The young Bill Gates and Nolan Bushnell, in a funky suburban garage more suited for the production of bad rock and roll than high technology, picking at their geeky acne and dreaming up the personal computer. Bill Paley, bored out of his skull in his dad's cigar business, deciding that the new medium of radio might be a decent way of moving product, and then asking himself why he shouldn't own the pipeline through which that product moved, and then wondering what would happen if you linked those stations together to create a, what would you call it, a network? These stories kick-start the internal engine of enterprise and commerce, and move organizations to a unifying concept of themselves, a sense of their own inevitability and import, which at the very least gives them the ability to recruit employees who will work for them for less money. Rome's establishing saga begins with a few raggedy-ass shepherds living on a hill in the middle of nowhere, since everywhere back then was the middle of nowhere, This small gaggle tended their flocks and fought back the packs of wolves that roamed the wild countryside. Into this hostile environment came the original pop of the future mom-and-pop corporation that would become Rome. His name was Aeneas, and he was relocating from Troy after the famously unfriendly takeover described in Homer. His son founded a little roadside stand called Alba Longa which grew big enough to rate a struggle for control between a good king and a bad king, who were brothers. At any rate, the bad king got into power in Alba Longa, as they quite often do in organizations large and small, even today, and the bad CEO was so dangerous to his brother that the brother feared for his life and made himself kind of scarce, going on innumerable road trips and important business elsewhere, and making himself otherwise difficult to fire. The bad chief executive of Alba Longa was so darn bad that he forced the daughter of the good king to become a Vestal virgin. Vestals were important religious figures, but the one key demand for continued employment was that they refrain from all sexual intercourse for the term of their lives. This probably worked as well for them as it seems to do for other celibate corporate cultures. This Vestal Virgin, the daughter of the good executive, was, of course, exemplary, until she had either the good or bad fortune to attract the interest of Mars, god of war. Roman gods were lusty creatures, and as such were somewhat more likable than many others. And, of course, this wasn't the first time an awesome officer from headquarters popped into some local burg and left a weeping member of the support staff in a profoundly altered condition. Having taken a fancy to the Vestal, the god wasted no time and, according to Tacitus, took her in her sleep. And so a pair of twins was born, with a virgin for their mom and a god for their dad, 
and their names were Romulus and Remus. The Vestal Virgin, now a former Vestal Virgin, I guess, was the proud mother of the future proprietors of the new concern. Their presence, however, was not appreciated by the existing very bad CEO, who, when informed of their existence, threw their mother and themselves into the Tiber River, which was extremely cold and inhospitable, even to Vestal Virgins and offspring of divine entities. Miraculously, she survived when her beauty was noted by the river god, who made an honest woman of her by marrying her while her twins were heaved up on a riverbank where the wolf population, being what it was, a mother wolf was on hand to suckle the babies, who thrived and survived long enough to be adopted by the bad king shepherd.